This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the only podcast that do it to it on the Formula One circuit. My name is Luke. I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Tim. Tim, it's a, uh, it's not the thrillingest week in racing history. I'll tell you that. It is not, but Luke, doggone it. We're excited because we have two of our favorite tracks uh, coming up and I'm going to get excited yes. about something. Um, we we got to find I'm, something to get excited I've, about. I've got to find something to get excited about because honestly, the theme of 2022 is uh, just, just wears you down. I, I'm thinking of... Uh, a word that I cannot come up with. I'm sorry. I've it's, I've it's run okay. Out of You're, you missed a you 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 missing a word. I said thrillingest, which isn't a word. We That's are okay. we, we do words good at the it, we do words good. We're we the ones do that do words good. We do, and you know we're the ones that sunk uh, an oil tanker boat in the Monaco Bay. So hey, yeah. don't set your bar a little bit lower, guys. Come on, yes. we're we're two goofballs with a show. We are two goofballs with the show. Uh, I think uh, I think speaking of show, we have a Singapore Grand Prix coming up in just a couple of short days. Uh, and I like Singapore as a, a a Grand Prix. Do I like the track? I'm not in love with the track. Uh, the track I could take early. If you want, if you said we're going to drastically alter the way that this street circuit flows, I'd be like, yeah, that's that. that I mean, that makes sense. But I like the venue. I think it's cool for them to have such a spectacular night race there. Uh, having it go around the Marina Bay is cool. And I, I said this before the street tack push, like not every track has to be a banger. Sometimes you just take a good enough track and you put it in a really cool venue and you get a neat, a neat race. And I think this is a, a very neat race. What's not neat is, uh, I mean, Max is going to win the championship either here or in Japan coming up. It, it's it's yeah. just yeah it, i mean we saw it coming we called it on the show a while ago there really is no competition and i don't know if it's as much max is winning as ferrari has lost this championship and it's just being confirmed yes um but i i will say that you know bit of a dud um the, the he hasn't turned in any of the awe-inspiring uh or the you know thrilling types of performances that you would have seen out of lewis at least lewis tried to give you a show when he was dominating for so long sab always gave you a show unfortunately we're stuck with one max verstappen with his racist father yoss um but hey that's neither here nor there i will say i i feel like most of the mercedes dominance era they had a stiffer opponent right like like you couldn't say that mercedes didn't win that championship any of those and you can't say that you know, he didn't get a good fight. 2018, we had the the duking it out with Seb Vettel. Um, yep. We had all the fights with Nico Rosberg. Um, you know, there were only one or two years where he didn't have like the clearest ch- uh, challenger, but. And and how many, how many years, how many races alone did Lewis win just simply due to the incompetence of the other team? Right. Not a lot. Not a lot because usually that other team was Red Bull and. I mean, uh, giving Red Bull the respect that's due. Red Bull is—they're a well-run team. They don't make giant mess-ups like Ferrari does. And when Ferrari does, um, you know, usually they're a little more uh, pacey, so to speak. Ferrari—the Ferrari making these mess-ups isn't really a uh, old thing either. So it, it, it does just... feel like the championship's being handed away. It, it, well, it has it been. Is. It has it... been. Yeah, it's over. Um, 
Ferrari lost it. And, and it's a bummer. They couldn't get their act together. Um, you know, and I think we're seeing part of what uh, Sebastian brought to that team was a certain semblance of, listen, I know you guys don't know what you're doing, so I'm going to do it. Um, yes. And and now that we have two drivers who do uh, kind of give into the brow beating of, of the team bosses, it's just they they put their trust in the wrong people and the wrong people are in there and Mattia Bonato if he doesn't completely burn down and rebuild the strategy team then he should be out himself hear me out I think that the problem with Ferrari right now and you you hit you hit on it just just briefly but I'm going to expand on that is that you have two drivers that worshiped at the altar of Ferrari growing up in a way that Kimi Raikkonen, that Seb Vettel, and I know Seb Vettel grew up watching, you know, Ferrari, but I think that the two drivers we have now, Leclerc and Sainz, they don't, they don't, they respect Ferrari too much. They're, oh, this is Ferrari. Whereas Seb Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, especially, I'll go back to Kimi, right? Their most recent world champion. Um, I'll go back to Kimi, who it, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter what team it was. It could have been Ferrari and it could have literally been ran by the Pope. He would have just said, no, go blank yourself. This is not the right way to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. He it, has Kimi literally would not told, have taken that. <laughs> he has legendarily told a pit wall, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, and, and it's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's that they don't have the courage of their convictions to stand up to the almighty Ferrari. Courage is the I've, big word. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've been in that position as an employee, uh, you know, and I, you know, in my mid thirties, I can't really preach to, you know, guys in their twenties, but you know, in your thirties, you start to get, Oh wait, no, my, my supervisors may not know what they're doing. I need to actually step in here and fix this or else the organization is going to go in the wrong way. And it's going to, and yes, I'm going to turn it into a verb. They're going to Ferrari themselves. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for poor management, poor decision making, leading to the poor product. I mean, it really is that basic of, of math. Um, am, I, am I crazier does what Ferrari needs? They need like a Valtteri Botas right now. I think what Ferrari needs is Sebastian Vettel. I think they need to, I genuinely do. I think, I think they need to have a strong outspoken voice saying, no, that's bullshit. Um, And, you know, they, and he comes from a background of being strong-minded himself. It's why I, I mean, even when Seb went through his villain phase, I always had a begrudging respect because he always did what was best for him. Yeah. Um, You know, he took the team into account, but, you know, more often than not, what was best for him was best for the team. And he wasn't going to let his, you know, uh, his co-driver and Mark Weber push him around. He was going to, yeah. you know, come out with guns blazing and he came out guns blazing at Ferrari. He turned it into a better team for the time he was there, uh, or at least he tried, but people are too, they're, they're too in there. They're too ingrained. They're, they, they try to control their messaging. It's ha- it's a half marketing team. It's a dog shit on track product when they're racing. And it's not the engineer's fault. The engineers, the Italian engineers have brought forth a great car. It is yeah. it is much better than in years past. They have fixed the engine issues. It's are it's, they it's, cheating? Probably. It's not the it's not the least reliable car on grid, even, which is, is a not. Ferrari thing. It I, is I, a Ferrari thing. I think there is irony in the fact that to me, part of the divorce from Seb did stem from the fact that he was willing to out, speak out against the team. I think that that did 
sow some of that eventual uh, watching drive to survive. And I know huh, it's drive to survive. It's not a uh, 100% telling of fact, but uh, watching Seb at Ferrari felt almost like divorce proceedings. Sometimes that, that like having been through a divorce myself, I can confirm it did seem an awful lot like that. But um, you're I think absolutely we, right. I think we figured out who the uh, the toxic ex was in that uh, in that Seb v Ferrari relationship, though. <laughs> and I said that like I'm like I'm telling you, I uh, I relate to Seb on many many levels. Yeah. Um, but I will say, it just has to change. Uh, I was excited to be a member of the Tifosi this year. They have two great drivers whose careers they're squandering. Um, they have a whole bunch of people in their employ that are just kind of squander they're squandering it as well. And I don't, and I, it, it is down to politics. I'm sorry. It, it is nepotism politics and trying to do the right thing for your buddy. Isn't going to lead to anything good in terms of an on-track product or indeed an off-track product. When you're going through this, it needs to be a meritocracy. If it's not a meritocracy, you're fucked period. I, I, I'm reminded of uh, a story in which that uh, the founder of, of Sony uh, was the founder of Sony hired. I'm trying to find this guy's name, but so the founder of Sony uh, like the electronics company hired an outspoken critic, a guy who very publicly was like, they make terrible products. Do not go and buy them. And he went out and sought this man out to hire him so that he could get his feedback and just make better products. That man eventually Norio Oga, I believe. Yes. Norio Oga. Um, that man eventually became the president of Sony. And I, I think that they do what they need to do. And I don't want to advent for Ferrari firing people here, but they need some outsider people who will in an interview, just go, you run your team like absolute dog shit and get better. I mean, like, here's how, here's how you not, here's how you don't run a team like dog shit, because apparently you've forgotten how to do that. Um, Tim, I think the highlights coming up are going to be first off the Singapore Grand Prix is a spectacular uh, Vista, right? Like I love mm. watching it. Uh, uh, it's, it's one of the few street circuits that really does feel like you're in a way that very few cities are capable of in the streets in that, you know, it goes through stands at some points, it goes under overpasses. It, like it's very much wedged in there in a way that street circuits uh, sometimes aren't even in like a Baku. It it is wedged in there. They used to have a complex called the Sing Sl Singapore Sling. Yep. <laughs> um which was just confounding. Yes. Um for both drivers there in person and for those of us that like to take a, you know, take a turn at the wheel on uh i racing simulators. And, but they've eliminated that section. I like the flow a lot better. Um yep. I will say that Singapore is an incredibly hot place to be. And you're going yes. into the rainy season. The best part about Singapore is that you never know what weather you're going to get and it could change on a dime. Yeah. And I love that about it. It's always got that whiff of Belgium on steroids where, yeah. you know, it could be, it could just be a pop-up, you know, uh red blot on the radar thunderstorm. It might be really intense. 
And those um, pop-up storms are are much more dire than in a Belgium too. Not that Spa isn't punishing, but uh, Spa has runoff areas that Singapore does not. Spa, <laughs> Singapore definitely does not. And I would even uh, throw out that the rain is different. Um, uh, the rain itself, the downpour is a downpour. Yes. Um, Singapore does nothing uh, but the full tilt boogie on everything they do. Um, so I, I really think uh, it, it should be interesting. Um, and I will say that historically, uh, Singapore has produced some really banger races just with the the politics of all of it. Um, you know, you had the the scheme with the Renault team and, uh, you know, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. throwing his race and actually intentionally crashing to let Fernando Alonso come back and win the race. Um, you know, famously, uh, that's how Flavio Briatore found his way uh, with a, a boot up his keister out of the out of F1. He did sue and came back. I get it. But neither here nor there. He had to sue to fight his way back into the F1 panic because he cheated down out, you know, down and out that, that uh, there is no other way to cut that. Um, and then just a few years ago when uh, Ferrari was taking on, uh, you know, Max and the Red Bull and they were having a hard time with him. Lewis was gifted a win in that scenario because Seb and Kimmy came together and took Max out in the in the front end of the field and it was raining. Um, I, so none of them had, and that was a turn one incident that all of us. Well, I don't know if you we were all group chatting at the time, but I remember watching it, being like, "What on earth just happened? Yeah. That's that is so much money I just watched oh, go up in flames, go up in smoke." Tim, do you want good news? I love good news. Friday uh, at race time, which or at practice time, which is six o'clock and nine o'clock local time, we are looking at partly cloudy, 84 degrees uh, Fahrenheit in terms of Celsius. That's about 30 on Saturday, though. What time are we doing qualifying? That's a uh, 9 p.m. local time. Let's take a look, take a look, take a look. Scattered thunderstorms in about 30 degrees Celsius, 82 degrees Fahrenheit. Sunday, we start racing at 8 p.m. on Sunday night, Singapore time. You can look at this on Google Weather. That's all I'm doing. And at 7 p.m., it's mostly cloudy. So remember, we're starting racing at 8. And then at 10 p.m., scattered thunderstorms. So scattered thunderstorms and spot showers move in in the middle of our race. If all goes according to plan, the racing gods are smiling on me right now. It's been a rough <laughs> week and it's only Tuesday. So they're going to treat me at the end of the week. I'm very, very excited. Oh, yes. um, and then in two weeks after that, we have one of my all time favorite tracks. You can't Suzuka. not love Japan. You can't, <laughs> you can't not love Suzuka. I will watch oh, super man. formula on, on Suzuka just because I think it's such a fabulous track. The flow is perfect. The flow is it, perfect. And yet at the same time, it's tricky, man. It's really tricky. It's, and that's, it's it, the that's S's are where, one of the most infuriating sequences of corners I've ever driven. <laughs> it's the I love it. I love that you have to be on your game at all times. I love that type of flow. You love the flow of Zandwort because it's a nice flowy type track. I think it's you know a dog for racing. I think um, it's a dog for racing too. I I do like the roller coasteriness of it. You know. Yeah. Um, but I will say that Singapore's flow, or not Singapore, I apologize, Suzuka's flow. This is a oh. lot of S's right now. Um, Suzuka's flow is fabulous compared to that. Yes, you can't beat that. Uh, I think my all-time favorite uh, favorite flow track, by the way, is coming up at mid-November. Brazil's coming up. That's my all-time favorite flow track for the record. It's hard, it's hard to beat <laughs> Brazil. Um, yeah. The Senna S's will forever be iconic um, in a way that... 
you you just can't you'll never be able to duplicate no matter how many times Herman Tilka coughs up a track. I think I think one of my favorite parts of Brazil isn't even the Senna S's. It's coming out of Juncao, which is the junction. It's the, the last actual corner you have to hit the brakes for. And you rise up that hill almost on a banked turn onto the front stretch, just rising up that hill and then falling down of it. That like little banked turn that uh, you can keep pinned, but it's it's a beauty. That whole track is amazing. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good tracks, and that's not even mentioning uh, uh, the USGP over at Coda, which is a pretty good track. Mexico's not a bad track. Yas Marina is a track. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of fun races here, and I, my hope is that now that Max has won, you Back saw up, this go with- home. Yeah, you saw this with Lewis a little bit, you know, we'd lock it up in uh, in like a Mexico or something. Right. And you'd just be like, all right, who's going to win Brazil? Probably not Lewis. He's he's uh, taking he's it. not take, going he's he's to nurse that thing home. Punchy coast. There's no don't do any damage there, Lewis. <laughs> no, no damage. And to be honest, uh, it'll be the for me, it'll be the first time Max has won the world championship. The one the first one I recognize. <laughs> the first one you recognize. Right. Yep. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that again. I. I don't think Max cheated. I think that he was the beneficiary of uh, someone breaking their literal own rules. We've gone over this. We have. You, you uh, can't. You can't break your own rules. He's you a false can't. champion. False champion. False champion. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm salty saying that, but I'm like, I don't think it is. We I'm have, being. I'm being a hundred percent legit. I will yeah, defend I, that till till the cows I, come home, and then I'll I defend it too. to the cows. I will too. Just as as someone who you know I. That, as a that common, is a hill. That is a man, hill I am willing to die on. I am willing to die on it too. As a common man, and as a uh, as someone who is familiar with the inner workings of uh, how races are run behind the scenes, that is such a radical departure from what I know to be standard operating procedure in terms of just that. That I I don't know what they were thinking. So let's uh, let's let, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, new stories coming out today, coming out yesterday. Formula One is going to feature six sprint events from 2023 onwards. Six sprints in 2023. Uh, no words yet on uh, on what they will be, but I think we can guesstimate um, that, uh, that we'll have uh, probably the Red Bull Ring, Silverstone. Red Bull Ring, Monaco, Silverstone. Yeah, I, I think um, your I think classic the ones, tracks. Yeah, so Silverstone, Monaco, Silverstone, Monza, uh, mm. Interlagos. Interlagos did it in 2021. They did it last year. Um, or they did it this. They're going to do it this year. So Silverstone, Monza, Interlagos, Imola, Red Bull Ring have all hosted before. So that's five. And then I'm willing to bet that it's. I don't think they're going to do it in Monaco. I don't think they will just because I wouldn't want them to ruin. I think they know that their valuable product is Saturday on Monaco is qualifying. Um, So I don't think they want to touch the golden goose quite yet. I'm willing to bet Tim that number six is another power limited circuit. And I'm willing to bet that it's Canada. Could be. I guess we're going to find out. I am a little bit concerned about the other announcement of 23 races in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried oh, that's about a, that's another poll. good candidate, by the way, is Vegas. But anyway, carry on. Yeah. Vegas. We'll see how that track plays. I'm still not that, you know, jazzed about how Miami played, um, but we'll see. Far how from Vegas the worst goes. race of the year. I'll say that. 
I will, I will give you that. It, it definitely was. It could it be better? Yes. Was it, was it worse than, I don't know, a it's bunch of other of the, races this year? It's one of the races that happened. It's one um, of the, it's one of the tracks of all time. It is one of the tracks. Um, Not the worst, but yeah. But uh, anyway. I am concerned about the toll it's going to take on not only the 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 human aspect but the the mechanical aspect yeah they haven't altered their uh requirements for engine allotment or part allotment so these guys are having to stretch a whole lot further and they're not getting any more budget to do it no um and they're just expected to get there and they're supposed to be carbon neutral by 2030 so you have engineers in the background a whole team racking their brains trying to figure out how to get to carbon neutrality you have an entire team that i mean you're going to have to run alternate pit crews because 23 races god that's over that's just under two a month and you're going from march to december yeah so you got three in a row you got two in a row you got i don't even i don't i didn't look that closely to see if it was four in a row but i wouldn't be surprised if it was there and it doesn't end until december it's it's literally it's literally on average, every other week, the entire year, it's half your half your weekends are gone. Half your uh, weekends no, are gone, o- and it is not easy, guys, to get the team there. Like it, it, it's an international sport. Truly, it's international. This isn't like this isn't like NASCAR, where you have your team hub in North Carolina, and it's a twelve-hour drive down to you know Texas Motor Speedway. It's not like that at all. Think about the it's, jet lag. It's the jet lag. It's the constant globe trotting that these guys have to do, and all the people, all their families. It, it is a mind boggling task to, to take on. And then all that said, you got, you're running your guys full tilt for the, the 99% of the year now. And, and what are you supposed to, how are you supposed to avoid burnout? How are you supposed to avoid these guys, you know, moving on more quickly and turning over your, your employee and your staff, your, your employees, because, yeah. because they're just sick of it. You know, it's like, listen, I signed on for this many races and this commitment, and you've changed it to substantially more without pay, without, you know, any promise of reprieve. You're going to need to start running two teams uh, of of mechanics and two teams of logistic guys, and that's going to double your cost. Um, And F1 isn't going to help you with it. I'll tell you this right now is somebody who does about a dozen races a year um, over your given summer. It, it, it does wear on you. It really does wear on you. And I just travel, you know, the United States. I don't call a race in Switzerland one day and then in, you know, South Africa the next week, right? I intentionally named two places that Formula One hasn't stopped. Yes. I know that racing's banned in Switzerland. Yes. Anyway, but uh, I, I, it wears on me. And like I said, I only do about a dozen a year. And, and I'm thankful for the months that I, I have off where I can actually go do uh, things. You know, I mean, Tim, you know, my travel schedule and it where, you know, it wears on me and I love doing it. I can't, would I want to call 23 races in a single year? That'd be a big ask, man. That would be a huge ask. That's a big ask. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're a young man. You, you know, you want to, I know you love it, but you know, you have a life to live as well. And yeah. if you're on the road 100% of the time, you're putting your life on pause for that particular employer. Yeah. So, you know, what, that, what, what, what's, what's, what's like, if I were to do that, what's my wife going to think? Not that I have a wife, but what's my wife going to think when Luke's you, gone? Because this, this, this woman has, you know, maybe a nine to five or whatever, but 90% of the time you want to hang out. 
is the weekend, and he's gone half of them. Oh, how, over, how are you supposed over half? Over half. You, over gotta, half. you gotta, yeah. you know, do the you know building yeah. of getting there. Of... How how are you supposed to function with the home life and have kids and whatnot through that? You know, well, the answer is you can't, and so yeah, no. that's why I'm saying you literally have to put it on pause. Good luck finding a partner that's willing to put up with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're asking an awful lot in the in the name of just sheer capitalism. Um, yeah. And I think that is the American tarnish on the sport, which I hope I I I, I hope we get rid of a few races next I, or in the coming years. I mean, look, I, I hate to tell anybody that your race doesn't belong. And I know I've gone on track on record saying like, yeah, the U.S. having three races doesn't bother me. But do we really need to race in, and I'm going to say it again, do we really need to race in Imola and then Monza, which is two hours away? That's one weekend you can give back to to, to your people. Do we really need to race in, uh, uh, where's France? Is France not on there? France is Paul Ricard. There. You don't yeah. need to go to Paul Ricard. You don't uh, need to also go to remember Imola. that Paul Ricard is two hours from Monaco, by the way. Um, Qatar. We, Qatar. Yeah, is there any reason to race in Qatar? No, they, it's where we race in Bahrain, you the UAE and Saudi Arabia. Not that I'm saying that those races are absolute bangers or should also exist, but that's it. If I want to go to a race, I already and I live near a major metropolitan center bigger than a lot of the ones we race at. I already have to drive further than your average Qatari citizen has to go to a race. Yep. Like that's just the realistic. Um, uh, yeah. And you know it. It's just it's just a lot. And do we need, do we need Zandvoort, which is within driving distance of of Spa? Absolutely, unequivocally, no. Here, there, we, there you go, F one. We just solved your issue. We, we just we've narrowed just it down given to everyone 19. like yeah, we've given everyone four extra four extra days. We have returned to you a month yeah. of your life. Congratulations. I don't, hate ba- I don't hate Baku, but what is Baku doing for you? <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll stand up for Baku. Come on, <laughs> uh, let, let's let's not do, go get too hasty. Uh, I, 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 I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, I love the track, I love the events it's had, but Baku, a city, a city. Tim, Tim, I'm listening. Be realistic with me. Yes. Could you have told me what country Baku was in prior to it joining Formula One? Azerbaijan. Yeah. Yeah. No, but could you have told me if I said Baku, what country is that in again? Uh, yeah, I would have told you Azerbaijan. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I, I paid attention in uh, geography class. I'm fifth grade um, geography B champion. Okay, I'm just saying that I feel like I feel like your average American could not tell you where Baku was. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the only time you will hear a poll like that uh, <laughs> for on any show anywhere where we pull out our elementary school awards for fifth legitimacy. Grade. Fifth, uh, hey, hey, hey! Fourth and fifth grade, actually. I was back to back. I have a lifetime. Oh. I have a lifetime membership to the National Geographic Society and two medals. Thank you. I only went that, to state. Well, I only went to state one year, though. Well, then you're a failure. Yeah, um, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. I beat out some girl who didn't okay. know what country the Sphinx was in. She guessed Spain. That was my fourth grade. You're not uh, you're not exactly bolstering your argument <laughs> that this was a tough competition that you won. Um, it's like saying that, yeah, I'm Lewis Hamilton and I beat up on. Uh, on my name's Lewis Hamilton and I beat up on Williams. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, hey, way to go, bud. Good on you. 
<laughs> you know, it's like it's like I'm learning to play golf, and Tiger Woods is like, yeah, I beat Tim Martin. Real, oh, real, real, real question, real question. What percent of Americans who don't watch Formula One do you think could tell you where Baku was? Zero. Con- I'm, 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 I'm legitimately thinking five percent might be less. Le- yeah, way, might be too way much. less. Five percent is how many people we get out uh, to vote. Um, yeah. So yeah, no less. Less. Much, much less. Um, you know, we as Americans I, embrace our ignorance with uh, great glee. I will say, so. I will say, I will, I will counteract this that when you have to learn 50 state capitals, <laughs> you, you only got room for so many capitals, my man. I don't know. I kept, I always kept going, but you know, I, neither I, here I, nor I, there. But speaking of Williams uh, yes. and Nicholas Latifi, he is not going to be with them in 2023. What? What? Yeah, the best the Latif- driver they've ever seen? The Latifi money is packed up and gone. What? But yeah, he was so fast, a, though. He, he was, was so consistent. He was. He was definitely something. He um, was consistently crashing. He was consistently. He crashing. was consistently he, in last place. He allowed uh, Max to uh, get by on a technicality uh, with a well, not even technicality. He allowed a, a race steward to uh, enact his uh, racist beliefs on uh, on the thing. I'm just going to throw racist out for everything at this point. Is um, is hold on? Is is Nicholas? I think Nicholas Latifi is uh, the 22nd ranked driver so far this year. Am I not mistaken? Uh, I would say that sounds about accurate. Yeah. In and 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 no, literally, I believe Nico Hulkenberg has a higher average finish. Does he really? Check that out. Does okay, he? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You you keep Hulkenberg going on hasn't, about Hulkenberg hasn't raced this year. Twenty twenty two. He's at the very least twenty first because everybody ahead of him scored points, including Nick DeVries. Uh, you you carry on about Nicholas Latifi though. Yeah, that's a that's a real uh, kick to the crotch area. Um, I'll say that you know Williams is moving into a performance uh, mode, so they're keeping uh, Albon. Uh, I'm relatively certain it hasn't been confirmed anywhere yet as of uh, Tuesday, September 27th at 7:04 p.m. Central Standard Time. It does appear that Nick DeVries will be the second driver at Williams. Um, which is fine. You know, we'll find out. He, he seemed to be okay. He needs to work on his upper body to strength a little bit. That'll be all right. Guan Yu Zhou has been confirmed for the second Alpha, Alpha Romeo seat. Alpha Tower, good Lord, I'll get to them in a minute. Uh, the second Alpha Romeo seat alongside Valtteri Botas, who is going into the second of his two-year contract in 2023. Um, we have uh, the second Alpine seat that has still not been confirmed, but we all suspect that Pierre Gasly will be uh, going over to that seat. Because he has not been confirmed for Alpha Tauri, where Yuki Sonoda somehow, God help us all, has been, or at least it does seem, he will remain with Alpha Tauri for reasons beyond anyone's comprehension. Um, it's either that or the whole team folds, and it's kind of a uh, of a bummer. Um, that is really all the motion that uh, we have heard about. Obviously, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes are confirmed. There might be a little bit of shenanigans with Lewis Hamilton's seat if rumors in the paddock are beat to be uh, believed, but we shall see. I do think you'll see Lewis Hamilton in that seat next year come hell or high water. Um, and you'll see Daniel Ricciardo taking a gap year and seeing uh, trying to do some soul searching and probably have a bit 
or half an episode of Drive to Survive in the following year about how he went out and he did meditation and he really got in touch with himself. Oh, book it, book it that Daniel's going to have a retire, like a, like a, like a gap year episode in Drive to Survive. <clears> he ain't going to be racing, but he'll have an episode. Take that to the you bank. I guarantee no to it. that smile. Tim, I'm talking it. right now because I've just calculated the mm. points. Nico Hulkenberg in Saudi Arabia and Australia. Um, raced for Sebastian Vettel. Okay. Oh yeah. Finishing 17th and 12th and giving him an average finishing position of 14.5. Nicholas I Latifi. I completely forgot that. Nicholas Latifi has uh an averaging a position and I literally just crunched all these numbers including the three retirements which I logged as a 20th place finish of 16.56. Therefore, making Nico Hulkenberg should be ahead of him in the standings, if I'm not mistaken, when they're published officially. Making him the superior driver. The Gotifi um, found a way to finish 22nd in a 20-driver championship, okay? He is literally breaking math to become the greatest of all time. Twenty. Who needs to be first? 22 is like 20 times higher than, 20, than first, right? One, first, that's one. 22 is at least 15 bigger than that. The Go TV knows in the news. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. Um, at the very, look, at the very least, he is literally 21st in the championship because Nick DeVries has more points than him. That's true. Uh, so he has been shown the proverbial door. This is, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is something. Oh, watch that. What's the. Uh, it's definitely this is Nikita Matsupin territory. Uh, um, <laughs> who also finished 21st last year. Who also finished mistaken. 21st. Um, I do want to take a quick detour uh, yes. over to uh, our, our <laughs> the patron saint of, oh, wow, that's terrible. Uh, Nikita Mazepin's uh, former team, Haas. Haas has not confirmed Mick Schumacher for next year. They have confirmed Kevin Magnuson. Um, he was on a multi-year deal that was negotiated before he joined in the uh, incredible disgrace of uh, Nikita Mazepin this year. May he never see another racing seat ever again. Um, but uh, they have not confirmed Mick Schumacher. It does appear that he might be on his way out or doing something else. It does appear that Mick has cut his Ferrari ties. So we don't know uh, what is in store next for Mick, but... Gunter Steiner has indicated that a uh, a certain driver who apparently averages a finish of 14.5 might actually take that seat. That's right. We The ultimate driver combo will be at Haas next year. If that comes true, no. it'll be Nico Hulkenberg alongside Kevin Magnussen for the no. ultimate suck my balls, honey season. Gosh, what a lineup that is. That's like a dream lineup, man. I cannot I mean, like wait for that press conference when they're sitting there together and they have the same team uniform on and, and everybody just starts laughing because it's like that legendary press pit moment is now playing through several <laughs> dozen years later. Um, know, it's it's funny. It's funny. Is it is it weird of me to say that Nico Holkenberg is the most Haas driver to have never driven for Haas? Doesn't he feel like a former Haas driver? He does feel like a form. Well, he's a former every team driver at this point. I mean, yeah, Williams, Force India, Sauber, Force India, Renault, Racing Point, Aston. It just goes on. He, um, he does feel like a he's a Haas kind of guy. 
That's a Haas kind a, of driver right there. He's a Haas kind of driver. Watch him find Build. a podium with Haas. Probably, but uh, <laughs> we will wish him well. Uh, we will let you know about all driver updates as we hear them, but that is all we've heard for now on the driver lineup side. On but Formula Luke, One. On Formula on One. Formula we One. did, we did yeah. hear um, about a, a goodbye. A uh, goodbye. That we're having. Uh, oh. Jimmy Johnson is officially retiring from full-time racing. As of the end of this year, Jenna Fryer dropped that earlier yesterday or later yesterday, I think. And uh, Jimmy Johnson, he couldn't find the pace in IndyCar, uh, but I don't think it uh, it sullies his legacy at all. Uh, um, can, you can't get to me. You cannot argue against the fact that he he was coming in and he is coming out. One of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Oh, that's and that that was never in debate. It was so, more if you're you know, building if an American Motorsports Hall of Fame, he's in it. He had oh that that is absolutely true. You know, so. it, there's there's no way to take that away from him. Um, but I will say that you know everybody was expecting a little bit more. Um, but I think I heard it best when I was actually listening to our parent company, uh, one on one ESPN. Uh, I know it's Hubbard Radio, but leave me alone. I just want to say it. Um, this morning, and I heard uh, Randy Carricker debating. Uh, Adam Wainwright's um, aging. Um, you know, the last two starts, the press conferences afterward, he he looked a little bedraggled. He looked a little down in the dumps. Adam Wainwright, for those uh, that don't follow baseball, is seemingly an ageless wonder where his numbers have gotten better as he's gotten older and he's figured out how to throw a curveball. Um, he's turned into more of a pitcher than a hurler as it uh, as the old baseball parlance goes. Um, but he is, how old is he? Like 40 something, 41, 42, uh, 41. I'm going to look it up. Um, uh, he's, he's older for a pitcher. He's thrown a lot. He's been a workhorse most of his years, but 41. So he's 41 years old, sitting at press conferences, looking bedraggled. And they talked about how father time comes for us all. Mm -hmm. Um, and you actually see it in the old great athletes. Uh, and the, the example that, uh, Randy used, uh, was with Peyton Manning. You saw it in preseason in his last season with the Broncos where he got hit once or twice in a sack and he the lights were just out. That was it. That was all yep. it took. He he knuckled through the season, um, got it out, had some decent moments, but he was a shadow of his former self. And I think that's what we saw with with Jimmy Johnson. Um, it's not his fault. He, you know, when he was younger, did he have the talent? A hundred percent. Could he have jumped over? years ago probably and he probably yeah. would have had a pretty storied career in indycar as well unfortunately he stayed in nascar and you know things played out as they did unfortunately but father, or but father less, time, yeah father, father time, time comes, comes for us all yeah unfortunately or fortunately because i mean you can't argue with this career in nascar it was the right move to get to keep going to nascar uh here's so here's what jimmy johnson has ahead of him Okay, uh, the 24 hour of Le Mans is a uh, he's set from the start. He wants to be a part of uh, the Hendrick Motorsports Garage 56 entry. Uh, it's an exhibition for the next gen. The car will be for next gen. The car will be alone in the class, but they are running a NASCAR at Le Mans uh, next year. And uh, he wants to drive it. Uh, he was going to await the IndyCar schedule, but he's just not going to. Here's the one I love here. All right. Johnson has said for sure that he won't return for a uh, full season with uh, Chip Genassi, right? That's fine. He has said, though, quote, uh, he has said uh, that he would like to do the double 
The double for those non-Americans is racing the Indianapolis 500 at noon Eastern time, wrapping that bad boy up, getting on a helicopter, flying or helicopter or private jet, one of the two, flying to North uh, Carolina, hopping in a NASCAR and doing the Coca-Cola 600 on the same day. Kurt Busch was the last to do it in 2014. Uh, he, by the way, he fell 200 uh, short, 200 miles short when his engine failed in, uh, in the NASCAR closure. But, uh, quote, you know me in endurance sports. A double sounds awesome. I've always had the res- respect for guys who have done the double. And I'd say it's more of a respect thing than a bucket list item. And I'd love to put some energy into that idea to see if I could pull it off. <laughs> take it, take it or leave it. Tim. Oh, leave it. hundred percent leave it. But you no would chance. love to see him do the double. You know who I would love to see do the double? Who? Kimmy Raikkonen. I was thinking Kimmy Raikkonen too. Kimmy Raikkonen do the double. That, that guy, he's metal as it is, and he's doing some NASCAR, you know, dabbling here and there. That'd be cool. Him or That'd Alonzo. Cool. Uh, him or Alonzo. Alonzo would be good. Daniel Ricardo. No. I would like to see him do the double. He loves NASCAR. I'd, he's I'd love to see it, but he's he's an open wheel guy and he is he is a short stint guy. He is not an endurance guy. That's Kevin right. Magnuson could probably pull it off. Are there any IndyCar um, drivers? Elio could well Elio, I don't think Elio could. Elio right probably couldn't. Um, I'd say probably uh Colton Herta probably could. Pato Award definitely could. You see, you know who seems like the kind of guy to do it though? I'm not saying that he would like dominate both races, but you know who would do it? Who? If you asked him, Connor Daly. Connor Daly probably would absolutely. Connor Daly it, would yeah. love to do that. <laughs> the patron scene of our yikes of the week. Um, <laughs> I love Connor. I love I love him too. The, the best quote machine in racing, dare I say? Ooh, uh, an Indy that... car without a doubt. Joseph Newgarden's had some bangers, <sighs> but Connor Daly is the the go to for next color color commentator. Fair, that's fair. Yeah, um, and uh. uh I why am I blank Hinchcliffe? Yeah, James Hinchcliffe's good. James, James, James Hinchcliffe. Yeah. yeah, I could do it. So, uh, in, in other news, um, the 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 NTT IndyCar series schedule release. There's literally no uh no big surprises. Dare I say? It. I mean, it's it's the same. You're going to St. Petersburg, Texas, Long Beach, Barber, the road course, the 500, Detroit, Road America, Mid Ohio, Toronto, Iowa, one and two, which was a banger of an event, Nashville. Road course, WWT Raceway in St. Louis, Portland International Raceway, and then uh, Laguna Seca. The big one, and it's not even that big. We've talked about it before, is we're no longer racing on Bell Isle in Detroit the week after the 500. New, new, new. We're racing on the streets of Detroit in front of the GM headquarters with a unique um, two-laned, two-sided pit lane. Basically, you pull down the middle, and instead of immediately pulling right into the pits you can pull either right or left into the pits. There's two, there's pit walls on both sides of that track. Uh, I think on it, I liked Bell Isle quite a bit. Um, I think honestly, my, my biggest point of intrigue with this entire schedule is just going to be how that double-sided pit uh, pit lane works and uh, how terrible of an idea that will be. That can't last any longer than the Baltimore GP. Let's go across a train track. No, that's the dumbest decision ever. However, <laughs> I will terrible. say, I will say thank you to IndyCar. For being consistent, I don't have yeah. to wonder. I don't have to guess. I know exactly what you're going to do. You know, you'll you'll announce it well in advance, and you're consistent. You're there, and it's a day in day out product. I am 
missing IndyCar terribly right now. I am too. I am too. I, I always find that this like late September into October period kind of it, it sucks the wind out of racing when it should, except for last year when it should reach a fever pitch. At this point, you know Max is going to win. You know IndyCar's wrapped up. Silly season's over. You're just like, well, I'm watching. I'm watching the racing product to watch the racing product because there's not a lot of uh, developments. Although there are some more developments to talk about, Tim. Just a few more here. Uh, McLaren has a new livery for the uh, the Asian swing, so to speak. Uh, it's got some bright pink, sponsored by OKX. It, I like it. I like. I this like look. it too. I like I that McLaren is trying new stuff. Yeah, um, I- you know, and if the one-off liveries are fine, I wish the Golf uh, livery would make a comeback because that was hot. Um, but I'm excited about this. I really do think that the Asian fans deserve something special, a special nod, uh, you know, if, if they can. And I don't know, I I love, I love that just for the uh, Asian fans. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, um, McLaren to me has swung and missed in the last two years of basic liveries, right? Like their, their color schemes have been meh, uh, for like, they're just, their paint job has been mad this year, I think is a bigger miss because of all the black, um, I think that their specials though might be borderline, if not for sure, best on the grid because the special in uh, in Monaco of last year, the Golf livery was best of the year, no doubt for me. And then uh, this this pink and orange, kind of like Japanese hyper pop, uh, like it looks like just hyper. S- sign me up, I'll take it. it. Looks I sci-fi. love it. I think it looks. I, I think it. it looks awesome. I think it looks good. I think it looks a heck of a lot better than Ferraris, whatever they had at, at Monza. Tim, do we have anything else to address? I feel like we covered everything. Uh, one last thing. Oh. I'd like to congratulate you and me. Oh, yeah. This is the first time it's just been you and me on a show in like a month. It has been. It has been. It's been, I mean. It's Tim, been a crazy summer, guys. Sorry. Yeah, it's been, it's been wild. It's been wild. Been absolutely <laughs> but, uh, nutty. Go us. We'll, Go we'll us. We'll right? Yeah, Our plucky right? little motoring show. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. It's the formation lap. Until then, I bid you adieu. See ya.